You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Old Southern Barbecue. Their award-winning sauces and rubs will add a Lombardi Trophy level of flavor to your Packers watch parties. The sweet and tangy Dixie Red Sauce packs a one-two punch with brown sugar and molasses, and the spicy Chicago Fire Sauce brings the heat with its fiery chili blend. Complete the championship flavor profile with their secret recipe brisket and rib rubs. And for the ultimate game day experience, let Old Southern Barbecue handle the catering. Their smoked meats, homemade sides, and cornbread muffins mm, will have your crowd celebrating like they're at the Super Bowl. Visit OldSouthernBarbecue.com today for catering menus and to order their mouth-watering sauces and rubs. Lays it up for Freeman. What a catch! That's insane! And your Diddy K make the catch. He scores! Oh, 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 MVP, what a great throws ever made. He did what? Welcome back to Packernet. JJ Leahy, Ryan Schlipp, and Jake Shavink. We are previewing Packers Bears. We've got our injury reports. We've got uh, predictions for how we think this game is going to go. We're going to talk about individual matchups, um, general strategy that we are uh, anticipating both teams to engage. Just talk about how we think this game is going to go. And uh, it's going to be, I think, nice to discuss the players that we expect to see on the field. Um, you know, talk about new additions to. Uh, the Bears since last year, and I gotta say, it feels really nice that NFL football is back. Not necessarily the way that I wanted to welcome NFL football back in, but let's be real. Usually, the first game of the season does kind of stink historically. Uh, Jake, you stayed up and watched the game last night, correct? I did. I did. After watching the uh, magic whatever that went on at Arrowhead, <laughs> here, here's my question for you, Jake. Sure. Which of these three uh, risks are you the most afraid of for the Packers this season? All right. Is it phantom hamstring injuries to their wide receivers? Is it Justin Jones, the vaunted Chicago Bears <laughs> defensive player? Or is it this uh, Detroit Lions magical juju that causes wide open Kansas City Chiefs wide receivers to drop every pass thrown their way? Which are you the most afraid of this season? Uh, well, if the juju is real and like people just drop passes for them, that's not good. Uh, if that continues to happen <laughs> all year long, then I'll be a little concerned about it. But no, I think it's I, I think it's the hamstring injuries. Uh, and it's not even just Green Bay. It's going around the league. Like, there are a lot of high-profile players right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that have hamstring injuries. And, yeah, those, I mean, re-aggravating. They can be there a while. Like, that is something that when you see Watson get ruled out on Friday, that's a little concerning. Like, I, I know not to get ahead of ourselves into the injury reports and stuff, but, yeah, I mean, when you see, you know, Cooper Cup – re-aggravating a hamstring injury and he's like gonna be he's gonna be out till october i mean it just it's stocked down on hamstrings why do we need them this is ridiculous <laughs> i can't stand it uh from a real football perspective and a fantasy perspective it stinks so yeah that's easily it if the receivers are going to keep getting this issue I, I 
just leave it in the receiver room. Please don't let it spread to the tight ends. Uh, that's, you know, just the running backs. Please leave it just in one place. So hopefully you can contain it. These, uh, soft tissue injuries are just the most frustrating thing to, to try and deal with <laughs> when it comes to football. We got, we got folks hopping in the chat already. Love to see it. We got, uh, too old for this says, as long as the Packers don't start Tony on Sunday, we should be good. I, <laughs> he was, he was the Lions player of the game. If I've ever seen Yeah, that was, that, that was, was beautiful. Yeah. I couldn't believe they traded for him last year, but then like he just magically was good for a game or two last year. And then I don't know, man, I I felt like the Tony that we saw last night is the Tony that we've always seen since the end of the NFL. Garrett Stritzel said it's going to be a Tums and Pepto kind of start to the season. You know what? I, I watched that Lions Chiefs game with a bunch of Lions fans. I have to agree. It was a little bit of a heartburner. The Caldwell corner is uh, talking, I think, about Christian Watson. He says he can have my hamstring. Appreciate that. All right. Uh, let's get into the injury report. Uh, start with you, Ryan. Talk to us about the current state of health for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, so as of Friday, we had um, David Bakhtiari hasn't practiced all week. That's a, a presumably veteran rest. He should be good to go, um, although I'm not going to lie, I just – I just don't like that situation in general. It always feels like, you know, we'll see. And they always make it. I, what I don't like is they make a big deal out of like, oh, he's going to play. Like, why is that not just assumed? Isn't he fine? Can we not just say he's fine? Apparently he's not. Uh, Romeo Dobbs uh, is, he, he did come back to practice. That's great. He is listed as questionable. He should be good to go, but I'm just, I'm not going to go ahead and uh, make any assumptions. Rashawn Gary, full go. Uh, real excited to see that. Anthony Johnson, he was full participant with a knee injury all week. Dontavian Wicks similarly has been uh, practicing. He's also got a hamstring injury, but he seems to have been fine since basically Thursday. And then uh, Christian Watson is the guy that is the uh, the biggest issue here. Hamstring injury, and as, as you mentioned, as of Friday, it was just an immediate, yeah, he's out. It's not a, we're going to see how he feels in yep. warm-ups. It's just, no, he's he's not going, so... I'm I'm not going to try to make any assumptions, but it's not my favorite thing when when it was just assumed he's just not playing. All right, we're going to probably talk quite a bit about how this wide receiver uh, fluidity is going to impact game planning. But first, we got to hear about the state of the Chicago Bears. Take it away, Jake. Yeah, so I know we were planning for this earlier in the week. And the, the injury report uh, looked a lot more interesting early in the week. You had both safeties, Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker, were limited Wednesday. Uh, they upgraded to full both Thursday and Friday. They're off the injury report. They're going. Uh, Demarcus Walker was as well, defensive lineman with a calf injury on Wednesday. He was limited. He has been a full participant the last two days. He is good to go. Uh, there were a couple other things with Nate Davis personal uh was put under the injury uh, he didn't practice thursday mercedes lewis like bakhtiari doing a rest thing so he didn't practice thursday but the only guy that's questionable obviously good to report this tevin jenkins obviously on ir so nobody gets that confused if you don't see him out there he's not playing for at least four weeks but dylan cole one of the many linebackers the bears have uh has a hamstring injury shocking all these soft tissues uh, didn't practice Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then limited Friday. He is questionable. Basically, just a special teamer. That's uh, the Bears have concerned with, and that, and, and they're pretty much full go, other than Tevin Jenkins. 
So let's talk about the plan for the Packers offense. Now, fortunately, they're going up against, I think, not a fantastic Bears defensive roster. Um, I'm going to give some credit, uh, because I think he's earned it, to Matt Eberflus, who certainly knows a lot about defense. I think that he can dial up some stuff schematically, but it does really come down a lot to the guys that you have on the roster. And I think that there are some pretty significant weaknesses uh, one of the guys that I think the Packers should kind of try and pick on is uh, second-year cornerback Kyler Gordon. He had a 49.8 PFF grade last year, and there's a thing going around on Twitter about how Kyler Gordon is like the dude to watch to break out mm-hmm. uh, because supposedly he got better every game last year. I grabbed his stats. I, I can't find a single area where you can even fudge the numbers a little bit and suggest that he improved over the course of the season. Um, I I just don't see it. He was pretty putrid last year. They're saying he had a monster off season uh, with the bears in training camp, you know, hooray, I guess. But um, I I think that they should certainly test him out. Uh, No question about it. Of course, on the other side of the uh, field, you got, Jalen Johnson, a corner who's been around uh, there for three years. He's headed into his fourth season with the Bears now. And I think that he's fine, but he's their cornerback one. If he was there, you know, Rasul Douglas, I think that you'd be in a, a fine situation. But he's kind of the guy that would normally be, you know, probably shadowing Christian Watson. Would like to have him on the field. Let's talk about what we're going to do here schematically uh you know not wrong make not our wrong. <laughs> make our picks about Romeo Dobbs whether he's going to be out there or not uh and what you do to try and cover up for the hole um that is left by Christian Watson Ryan last year Christian Watson missed quite a few games and the Packers did not win many of those how do the Packers adjust for his absence well I'm I'm, I'm- genuinely worried about it i mean we know what the problem was when defenses aren't afraid that you can kind of stretch them they compress and you end up playing a football game that's basically like you're in the red zone the entire way down the field and i'm worried about that because i feel like that kind of plays into what they wanted to do anyways try to keep everything in front of them we're going to try to work underneath and and as they squeeze down and we can't pull those safeties and linebackers away there's less space in the middle of the field I can't help but feel like we're going to have to try to take some shots just to get them to back off. We we need Reed to use that speed down the field. we got to get Musgrave shooting down the field, trying to see if we can push them back because if they're going to try to compress the area of the field that we want to attack, we're not going to get anywhere. So um, I'm hoping that we're able to do that, and, and I really do hope that Romeo Dobbs is there because it seems like that's an area of success where we can if we can identify a one-on-one you know he's going to throw it. Right? As soon as that corner turns his back, he's going to throw it up there for a 50-50. And um, essentially, I do think that's important. We have to send a message just because Christian's not here. We're still going to be attacking down the field, get them to back up. Um, and if we can't do that successfully, I'm just I'm a little worried about our ability to do anything, including running, because, I mean, they're just going to be coming downhill. You know, they might not have the best front, but their linebackers and their safeties are going to be crashing downhill. So that's going to be the biggest thing as far as this chess match is is sh- being able to demonstrate 
we can still shoot down the field. My daughter's talking me through the window. <laughs> the, the fastest uh, wide receivers on this roster, of course, you got Christian Watson, obviously one of the fastest uh, players in the NFL. His 40 time was a 4.36. Jaden Reed, his combine 40 time, I, I thought was kind of poor, but the Packers clocked him at 4.38, they said. You also got Bo Melton on the practice squad at, at a 4.34. And what I have kind of said kind of forever with Bo Melton is he makes sense to me to be a guy that you would call up in Christian Watson's absence and just have him run some stretch of the field routes. So all you're going to do is just peel away the safeties, open up some stuff underneath. And you know what? If the Bears defense is not going to respect him as a deep threat and is not going to come for him, hey, you know what? I, I don't think that he's the best wide receiver in the world, but if there's no defenders around him, I'll take a shot, throw the ball down to him, you know, force him to respect him. Uh, I think that's about it in terms of, you know, any kind of impressive speed. Romeo Dobbs, to me, is a guy who – Kind of once he's got a full head of speed going, I think his top end speed is good. I think his acceleration is not quite there. But I, I do think that with Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave and then the possible elevation of Bo Melton, you have a lot more options this year for stretching the field, for just kind of filling in that speed that really has been an issue for two straight years. So, you know, last year we didn't have MVS. And Christian Watson was kind of the only speed threat the prior year. The offense kind of was falling apart at the end of the year. And a lot of folks, you know, Kurt Warner, I think was a guy who brought up the fact that like, hey, Marcos Valdez-Scantling is not out there and the field is super compressed, that you need that speed demon out there. Packers made a big concerted effort to add speed to this offense this year. I think so that they're not in this Christian Watson or bust uh, state of life anymore. Jake, any thoughts from you on the wide receivers? Yeah, I, I agree. I think they went out and they got guys who, even if you don't think they win with speed, the throttle control near the line of scrimmage, it matters. Uh, you know, I don't think you, you anyone would say, man, Wicks is, you know, one of the fastest guys I've watched play football in college, right? But he still found a way to win deep, at least in 2021, at a high rate. And that's just because of how deceptive he can be, the throttle control, and he, how he can set up defenders. And, and when you have a player like that, when you have somebody like Reed who just brings a different element of acceleration, especially in the short area, I keep going back to this. He's one of the very few guys in the last few years that I've seen win with separation on a fade route at the goal line. It just does not happen. <laughs> that kind of stuff is just you don't see that. So that type of acceleration is huge. He gets a step or two immediately. It's going to be difficult to stay with him. I, I do think... Bringing up Bo Melton makes sense. Like you said, JJ, if he's a decoy, I don't care. Uh, you know, just, you know, find a way to stretch some zones vertically a little bit. If you're going to flood one side of the field, just have him clear it out. Let your guys in Dobbs and, and maybe Malik Heath, hmm? uh, <laughs> perhaps, uh, you know, work over the middle of the field. Let, let them dominate in the intermediate area and, you know, be possession guys that we know they can be. And that's, that's, that's a compliment, uh, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, the receivers, I, I think, like you said, I think there's enough speed there, and I think there's enough reliability, even though they're young, that I, I do trust them as long as the field can be spaced out. And I will say, not to get completely forward here, but I do think this game sets up really well 
for the potential Jermichael Finley three touchdown performance if if the Love and Musgrave connection can start off hot because the Eberflute defense is something Packers fans have probably seen a little bit before. It's a little tweaked. It's a slightly different. The Bears obviously paid a bunch of linebackers so they can cover a lot of space over the middle of the field. However, it's going to be tough to handle a guy like Luke Musgrave if he can bust up the seam. So if if there's any weakness there, I think, you know, you get Musgrave up the seam and you think, can these guys outrun him? I don't think so. So there's a real, real opportunity there uh, to kind of go back into the McCarthy era and maybe pull one of those out of the hat. The, let me see here, I lost it. Uh, the Caldwell corner asked a question, what percentage of play action do you think we'll see Sunday? I, I, I don't know about a percentage that I think I can estimate, but Matt LaFleur certainly likes to use a lot of play action in his offense. And I think the Bears are going to be, it sounds like they are game planning for a very run heavy look from the Packers. It's what they're expecting. So play action should be particularly uh, effective. Yeah, and it, it, I think if you think about it, if, if if what I was saying is is correct, and they are working downhill, they want to attack in that direction. So if you give them a reason to bite, that's when you can attack them down the field. So it even in, in part is is just creating hesitation rather than them just immediately launching. If they have to stop and wait and see kind of what's going on because they don't want to get be, beat behind them, that can still give us enough time to operate. So I I, I think that actually does make sense to. Uh, incorporate a heavy amount of play action just to keep them honest. I, are you guys expecting a healthy dose of jet sweeps with Jaden Reed? You know, kind of similar to what LaFleur kept doing last year with Christian Watson. Uh, I think he, I think he ran two jet sweeps with Reed in the preseason and we saw them. Um, Big B had some, some footage of some trick plays in camp that they were practicing with Reed um, I think that probably <laughs> the the idea was that he was going to be one of those offensive players that you were not expecting to be used a lot because you're supposed to be keying in on Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. Now, Jaden Reed might be your wide receiver one if Rob, Romeo Dobbs can't go. Not really the situation you want to be living in. Um, do you think that the original game plan was to incorporate a, a healthy amount of those? Maybe. I, I don't know if we're going to see a ton of it, but I think there's a chance that if there's any chance you can move and get defenders out of their gap just a little bit with the threat of a, a, a jet sweep, jet motion, I feel like Reed is the guy to to have in that role uh, on Sunday. Because if, 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 like we talked about, if they're going to, if the Packers are going to really bring a heavy dose of the run game and I don't blame them for wanting to. I think it's it's very inexperienced front in Chicago minus, you know, minus Jones. So if they do that, I think jet motion, eye candy, anything that you can do yeah. to get any of the front seven just a little bit out of position uh, will be huge for a lot of early down success if their plan is to run it a ton. And it, it makes sense for the same reason play action does. You know, if, if, if you – I think it would be good to – what we'll probably see is a lot of eye candy early. You'll see him come across the formation. They're not going to give it to him, but they want to see, are those linebackers going to start kind of inching that way? Are they going to kind of hesitate? If they don't, 
maybe you know if you if you see him coming across the formation they just ignore him I wouldn't doubt if maybe on that third or fourth time him coming across they're going to give him the ball just to say well you you don't want to go with him then that's <laughs> best of luck <laughs> trying you. to catch him <laughs> now you do have um a healthy stable of linebackers I think that there are some mixed opinions about uh, Mr. Tremaine Edmonds um, who kind of just came out of nowhere and magically had a great uh, fifth year in the league after being a horrible linebacker four years in a row. But uh, TJ Edwards, certainly a respectable linebacker, certainly a guy who can sniff out a lot of those plays. He's a smart guy. Um, And I actually thought that Jack Sanborn had a pretty nice rookie season. I I think those are kind of the two, linebackers I have maybe more concern about uh, blowing up some of those jet sweeps or just runs in general. And I think that the Bears are going to need to uh, maybe shade a little bit of help over toward Yannick Ngakwe's side on run plays. Easily one of the uh, big liabilities in run defense uh, in this Bears front seven. Uh, the other guy there that you would like to pick on if you can create some of those one-on-one matchups would be Justin Jones, a guy who Really, his only skill is running his mouth in the offseason. Kind of one of their worst football players, period, last year um, uh, on the Bears' uh, defense. He was actually the lowest-graded guy who is starting uh, for the Bears on defense this year, even lower than Kyler Gordon. So um, I I just – I would love to see, just after how much he ran his mouth this Mm offseason, like – I just would love to see a nice embarrassing stat line, a bunch of zeros across the board. <laughs> it just would give me a little bit of joy. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see uh, Elton Jenkins just handle that all night long because I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be probably the matchup. And yeah. I think that left side is going to be pretty dominant. You know, I know we're more of a pass blocking than run blocking line, but I think that left side could actually be pretty formidable as, as a run blocking group. So yeah, I would I would absolutely love it if uh, Jones just ends up on his back all night, kind of like that Jayhawks guard that's getting just worked right now. <laughs> <laughs> if we were talking about uh, Drazan Newton just handling uh, Kansas for Illinois and the game that's happening right now. By the way, we got a, a super chat from Mike. By the way, Ryan, are you gonna are you gonna share some of this uh, super chat money this time around? Sure, I'll I'll uh, Venmo you um, one third of five dollars. Yes, please. Okay. Mike wants to know with Watson 24, what does this mean? 24 and 17 Packers. I don't know what this score means. scores. Yeah. Oh, with Watson 24, 17 Packers. Now that is out 24, 17 bears. When do we start to label Watson and Dobbs as injury prone? One more year of this. Um, I will just say with regard to Watson, he, he's got such a big frame, but he's, slender i would like to see him put on a little bit more muscle just to kind of match because he can carry it you know yes he is super speedy but like he's kind of got the ability to be calvin johnson physically like i just would like to see him add a little bit more muscle to you know withstand some of the hits obviously you know soft tissue a little bit different um type of injury you know not not uh uh injury from you know contact that kind of thing overall i'm not super concerned about them long term and their health but uh maybe some stuff that internally the packers should be investigating you know conditioning that kind of stuff uh let's talk about 
the tight ends. So Luke Musgrave is obviously the guy there. Is there a, a matchup that we want to try and exploit with the safeties? The safeties for Chicago, believe it or not, actually some of their better defensive players. Uh, Eddie Jackson somehow has kind of experienced a little bit of a rebirth after, what, five years of, of uh, you know, I guess four years of kind of uh, underwhelming play. His last really good year was 2018, and they kind of disappeared for four years. Last year, I thought he kind of resurfaced a little bit. Not really sure what we're going to see out of him this year, but, you know, Luke Musgrave is a rookie. Obviously, you would think that the advantage is going to go to the Bears here. But what role do you guys see for him uh, in this offense, you know, trying to make up for Christian Watson? Yeah, I mean, it, it's tough because you're, you're kind of doing that chess match in your head, and, and I kind of – wonder if he's going to play sort of the Christian Watson role in that maybe it's going to be less about let's try to get him open down the field and, and get receptions and all that and more about just keep them back right we want them to stay back I want you know if, if they're going to send Brisker up and they're going to kind of crouch everybody up um, I mean that's part of the reason I think Edmonds was brought here was to kind of be that that linebacker you know the Tampa 2 linebacker that kind of drops we want to make sure he drops you know everybody needs to stay back and if they don't, that's when you take the shot. But, you know, I mean, I think that's part of the issue with Watson that can be kind of frustrating sometimes is we want him to be that big play guy. We want him to do all that stuff. But I think the Packers, a lot of times, they want him to just be that guy that keeps the defense, keeps the field spread out. Because that's the goal. Keep everybody as spread out as you can, create as much space as you can, and then the defense can't stop you. So, um, I mean, we'll see. I, I don't know. There, there's so much, you know, yin and yang going on. And, and like I said, just with the chess match and who knows what the Bears are going to do, what the Packers are going to do. I would love to see Musgrave be able to do stuff. But that's just my first thought is we're just going to send him just so that the Bears can see it up in the booth and go, all right, we need to chill out because they're trying to get behind us. Would be That's just my initial thought is how they're going to start things off. Yeah, the weird thing with Tremaine Edmonds, so – kind of a banner year across the board last year, but his kind of freaky, his freaky overall grade came from his sudden explosion in coverage, right? He had an 88.1 coverage grade last year, the prior year, 37.5, right? <laughs> we'll put that to the test. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Let's, I'm clear. Let's just yeah. see. Let's just see. Yeah. Let's see if it's still an 80. <laughs> there, we'll, we'll be I, able to tell the difference between an 80 and a 30 pretty quick. <laughs> now, we have not seen Jordan Love very much in the pros, but I, the one thing, the one thing, when he was in college, especially in, in uh, the 20. 19 season when you go back and you watch his tape from college the thing that got him over and over and over again was not seeing these linebackers just sitting in coverage like that was just his kryptonite like hey wide open guy there's no defender near him there's only 10 guys in the field sweet zing it oh magically this you know six foot three linebacker stands up and snags it out of the air i just mm. We'll see. I mean, that was four years ago, five years ago. <laughs> Still, so all I'm saying. Okay, so there's two versions that we are, um, I guess, anticipating we might see of the Packers offense. One is the version with Romeo Dobbs. And in that scenario, what uh, what comment? I'm sorry, there's, 
there's a lady Allison in the comments that's just roasting the crap out of the Packers and then putting little hearts in the comment section. It's the fun. It's the funniest troll I've ever seen in my it's life. It is pretty good. I don't. She she's got to be a Bears fan. I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think so. I don't recognize her name. Tuck I'm also, I was I was not going to say that. <laughs> that's that's like a that's like a. I feel like I'm supposed to call you a Tuckwob. <laughs> Get Allison, out of my that, channel, you talk. Is that Bob. actually your last name? Uh, okay. So, All right. Uh, uh, one okay. thing to the if, one thing to Eddie Jackson, really quick, because you mentioned the safeties. Sure. Uh, it, it's. I don't think it's super surprising that you know it's been you know four years or so since he's you know been good. You know why he had he had Adrian Amos on the team with him, who I think definitely helped him out. Now I do think, you know, was Brisker spectacular last year? Not necessarily, but I think he's he's enough yin to the yang of Jackson that I think he's going to at least help him out a little bit. It helps Jackson play a little bit freer when you have somebody, you know, who is, you know, kind of reliable dropping in the box, but can kind of be versatile. That helps Jackson just kind of play more free. That's, that's what I imagine the difference is a little bit more so than, than anything else. Uh, Does that mean Jackson's, you know, super good now? I, I don't think it necessarily means anything, but I think having a running mate is important at least for him in some regard. Yeah, Jackson only had to play 149 snaps in the box last year. He played 473 at free safety. That's because Jaquan Brisker was yep. in the box yep. most of the time uh, when he wasn't even closer to the line of scrimmage. So it's a pretty good observation. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe the version that we saw of Eddie Jackson last year is going to be more similar to what we see of him this year. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think Packers are going to try and – Test that theory out a little bit and see what you got. The other thing we have to brace ourselves for is that the first drive or maybe two drives that the Packers run are exploratory. It's, hey, we want to throw some stuff at you and see how you react. So just it's it's been a year since we've seen any football. Get yourself in that headspace. <laughs> I'm not even going to see the second drive because my TV is going to be out my window. <laughs> <laughs> all right jake yeah we got we got uh two different wide receiver sets that we need to prepare for one is dobbs reed and probably malik heath two is if dobbs can't go you're probably looking at reed heath and samori Toure. any thoughts on you know what sort of success they might see if we are going with that second group and what kinds of things would you be trying to do besides just survive? <laughs> I'll tell you right away. Some more tour is the decoy all day. <laughs> See ya. Uh, <laughs> take care of the safety. Take care of Eddie Jackson back there for us. Uh, while everything is run underneath and in the intermediate area. If that is the case. Therese no, is, is not terrible. It's not no, terrible. No, no, I think he could be a gunner if he really commits himself to it. Like I, I, He's he got Jeff enough Janus. speed. Yeah, I, I, he he Dude, he he is Jeff Janice right now. Yeah, like, JJ, he, you you do two things: you run straight down the field, and then you go on special teams, and you run straight down that field. And I well, will say, JJ, no, 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 you no. pointed there's, out there's he's been good thing. on the scramble drill. Yeah, all right, he's been good on the scramble thank drill you. to get open. That <laughs> when that it's is true. when it's if time is... <laughs> to throw hail marys, you put Samori Torre right. out there. That's when, true. You know, when Bakhtiari's got his guy one-on-one, you have the right side of the offensive line, they're one-on-ones, and Elton Jenkins and um, Josh Myers have firmly planted Jones on the ground, there will be opportunities for that scramble, right? So, you know, a guy like Turek can 
helping it open because Jordan Love's going to have, you know, all year to throw. No, um, with those three, I think, boy, I can you imagine Bears fans if Malik Heath just comes out and just says, that's my time. <laughs> Week one, it's just his mind. They'd be like, who's this guy? Undrafted free agent. Why, are, why is our poster boy Kyler Gordon getting beat by Malik Heath? It's unbelievable. And then you go back and you go, well, he had 900 yards those last year with with Mississippi, this isn't like you know necessarily it's the Al Lazard Lions game. That's what it is. It, it might it's, be. I know. yeah. Let's put that down. That game, it's either we like who the heck do we even have on our roster anymore? I mean, there's Alan Lazard. Whatever. Oh wait a minute. <laughs> can, can he play? Yeah, he can play. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, if the Packers win, it's one of two things. It's either Musgrave Finley them in a, against the Tampa two, or Malik Heath has just figured something out and. I don't – people will kind of just be dumbfounded, except for those who have watched Heath in the preseason just blocking dudes down the field. He took a dude way out of bounds in the Cincy game, and he just catches everything thrown his way. Uh, so, you know, if if Dobbs is out, I think you can – in 11, I think you, you can get a little creative. You can throw Heath in the slot a little bit too. I think Reed can win outside in his own. He proved that at Michigan State. And then it gives you kind of an 11 personnel. You're almost in, potentially, 11 and a half personnel, the pseudo 12, where you have, you know, somebody who's willing to mix it up in Heath along with, you know, your offensive line and, and hopefully Musgrave, who I think has shown he's at least capable of doing that. So it, it gives a little bit more credence to success running the football out of 11 when you have somebody like Heath out there who's willing to stick his nose in it and, and be successful as a run blocker. So that part of the equation gets interesting. And, and like I said, I think you have with Toure and Reed, there's enough speed to kind of stretch the field a little bit more. I think, I think like we mentioned at the top, Reed is, is I think a little underrated in that sense with his ability to do so. And you've got a guy who's just in the comments just now, the first down, like, Hey, he got open. He, he you know, he's winning through contact. And he's picking up tough yardage for us when we need it. So it's Lazard. Yeah, it really well, it's, is. It's also, and it's, and also it's very interesting if that, yeah, it, it, it is a little Dobbs as well, for sure. So the thing I, that I, I would be, I don't hate it. About, I would love to have Dobbs though. So, well, the, the thing I'm wondering about is if you have Dobbs and Heath out there, how do they use those two dudes? Do they try and have Romeo Dobbs fill in some of the Christian Watson stuff and, have Malik Heath run the Romeo Dobbs routes. I don't love that plan. No, but also I'm not sure what your options are. I mean, Heath is Heath is just not the fastest guy on the team. This is why I like the idea of calling it Bo Melton for the practice squad is you can use him at times. Yeah. All I know is if, if, if Heath does have a big game, I'm going to be a little bit rude to Heath. (laughs) Because I'm going to pretend that he is the biggest nobody on planet Earth and we just beat the Bears with this guy. I'm going to be like, dude, I, we we just called him up just like a week ago. Like, he's the, he's a nobody. You guys are trash, dude. Oh, man. Hopefully he goes on to have a successful career after. I'm just saying for one week, he's going to be the biggest nobody on this podcast that has oh, ever existed. No. Oh, man. You're going to need I, to send him a box of chocolates or buy a jersey or something. Yeah, right. I'll buy a jersey if he goes for two touchdowns. I'm oh, putting yeah. Him, I think I'm so. putting him in DFS lineups, man. I trust it this week. It's it would just, be pretty cool to be something. my only jersey as Malik. That Heath. would be something. <laughs> uh, that would be really. But I do think you brought the point of what do you do with Dobbs and Heath? And it's kind of like, okay, 
what do you want your slot receiver to do this week? Like what what do you what are you asking? Are you asking for, you know, more help in the run game? Or are you gonna ask him, you know, you have to get open, you have to be quick. Like that's obviously you're gonna put two different players in those positions. If you trust, you know, well, I think Heath's really good at finding soft spots in zone coverage in the, you know, in against this kind of four three Tampa two ish type of scheme, then maybe you, you keep Heath in there. You you let you let Reed be the Z, which I don't do not hate that at all. And you know, Dobbs is your X running every route that needs to be run. And I think he I think Reed, like we said, can can stretch the field a little bit. But it's just gonna be about what they're gonna ask out of the slot receiver this week. Well if if Torrey is out there, he has not he has not lined up a lot out wide for the Packers. Thirty-five percent of the time last year when he was on the field, he was out wide. In the preseason this year, it was 23%. So, you know, I think, it. you know, look, if if Dobbs can't go and Toure's on the field, Jaden Reed is playing out wide. Like, there's there's just no yeah. – yeah. it shouldn't even be a debate. Right. And, and I, I do think I need to say, as the resident – Samori Toure, I don't want to say hater because it just doesn't sound nice, but sort of hater. I, I just want to say, as your wide receiver your receiver is six, I'm fine with Toure. I'm I really, you know, when you get to the point where you're talking about missing your top two wide receivers, it does make me happy that you got a guy like Toure that you can be throwing out there on the field. Uh, yeah. It was when people were talking about him as like, hey, he's wide receiver three or better. That's when I kind of overreact to the uh, Samari Toure hype and and try and tamp that down. He got the Kyler Gordon treatment, man. Best shape. Oh my gosh, off season. He kind of got that a little bit. It's Allison nice. is still. She is just yep, running her mouth. In the She's hammered. Allison's hammered. <laughs> <laughs> the Packers yeah. fan base will suck. Uh, since I sent Aaron, Aaron Rodgers left. left. That's when players started leaving. Someone went to the Bears. Half of them went to the Jets. That's where Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. Well, thank you, Allison. I was I was wondering where he went. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> All right, where he went either. Last thing to talk about is any uh, fantasy relevant information that we can hand to our audience, particularly the Aaron Jones AJ Dillon oh, fantasy yeah. tandem is always a, a tricky one to play. With Watson out, potentially with Dobbs out as well, is AJ Dillon a guy that you're starting in fantasy this week? If I if I must, if my running backs have hamstring injuries, I guess that's <laughs> where I'm going. Um, no, the, the, the question is: Does the Watson and possibly the Dobbs absence elevate Dillon to the point where you might play him as your flex? Where you might look at him and say, "Hey, I think that he's going to provide." more value this week because of these absences. I think if you if think if you like the touchdown upside, if you think that <clears throat> Dylan's going to find the end zone, then yes. I, I think that's going to depend on it, at least in fantasy. Uh, I don't, it, it's, I struggle with how many, how many, you know, passes are going to go his way. Uh, I just think well, the, he has the, the to passes might go zone. to Jones, which might, lead right. More that's what I mean. Dylan. It might. And it's just, you know, I guess it depends on what you want. If Dylan's going to, you know, tote the rock 14 15 times for like 80 90 yards is that is that good enough for you i feel like you have to believe he's finding the end zone if you're playing him 
I hadn't really contemplated. I hadn't really contemplated it, but it, it kind of does make sense a little bit, especially the way Dylan's been playing. Just to be the guy that wears down the defense. Um, I, I could see them doing that. And 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 I do think you know as much as they want to utilize Jones, I think he's still going to be on a relative pitch count. You know the 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 vision is long term with him, especially as he's getting older. So I don't see him getting it 15 times with you know a bunch of rece- receptions on top of it. Um, I, I I don't think we're just going to be strictly running the ball a ton, but I, I I could see a scenario where, especially week one, especially with injuries, Dylan's going to get a little more carries than than what we're maybe accustomed to. And and to be honest, this Bears defensive front is a joke. So if he gets more carries and this defense is trash, and you're asking, is this a good time to play him? I, I think that would be probably a yes. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Let's flip the script now and talk about the Bears offense. And I think that we have done more than our fair share of Justin's field, Justin Fields coverage. So I want to really spend some time digging into some of the rest of the players and talk about what the strategy is for the Packers defense. Obviously playing contain is going to be a huge uh, focus when you're going up against Justin Fields. Also, if you're playing contain and you don't want to be running a lot of man coverage. So, you know, this is one of Packers fans biggest beefs with, uh, the Packers defense right now is how could you dare run zone coverage? Okay, well, <laughs> do you want Justin Fields running all day? <laughs> yeah. Just saying. If they want a Kaepernick game, just ask. Yeah. 
So, so uh, we're getting people in the right headspace to expect a lot of zone coverage because that's what you need to do unless you want to see fields right. running all day. Let's talk about new additions to this offense. First, we have the running back situation. There's three guys in that backfield there. Jake, who do you think is going to get the bulk of the carries, and how do you think that these running backs are going to differ from each other in their usage? Well, I think with the Bears' run game, it's it's pretty diverse. If you kind of look at what they ran last year, at least from a numbers perspective, they were they were they were more zone than gap, but there were enough gap runs mixed in to where you kind of had to be honest with with how you played and, and aligned your fronts. I think with what you saw when the Bears were successful running the football last year is they, like you said, they have the one-two punch. They they had Montgomery, they had Herbert. Montgomery, they let freelance a little bit. They were like, ah, Montgomery, all right, one-on-one, you know, if your kicking runs out, you're going to make this guy miss. And he often did. And, and that's what made them successful is Montgomery one-on-one with defenders was usually in favor of him when, when they were successful. And, and Khalil Herbert was, okay, you know, stay patient, follow the blocks, find the crease and take advantage. And I think Herbert's going to get the heavy dose uh, to start in this game because I think when you look at how, if they're going to be under center, I want someone like Herbert, take your time, build up some speed to the line, you know, find the crease and and hit it. Uh, If they're going to get into more gun, which I don't imagine they would, I don't know why there's there's nothing telling us that oh yeah they're going to spread it out you know let Fields run the quick game which he's really really good at by the way uh yeah with really rhythm you know the release of footwork it's all the it's timing. all a recipe for the quick game yeah all of that just feeds it no so the I think timing, the, center the yards after the yeah, catch yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> well DJ Moore yak might be a thing but that's probably not how it's gonna uh, come to pass it's all Justin Fields creating that man yeah <laughs> for sure um. But I will say they they do they do have a lot of eye candy jet motion that that happens a ton they run a lot of QB lead and counter off of that especially um, and they'll give on it as well the, the, like kind of we talked about Ryan I think brought it up earlier is just you know first few times you know take a look at how the defense is responding and if they're staying in, if they're staying home you're giving it to them so I do think we'll see Herbert initially. I mean, everybody's active. Foreman, Foreman and Roshan were really good gap runners. I think you could see the, both of them mixed in as well. Roshan scares the crap out of me, um, <laughs> just especially uh, just gobs of power. He is not afraid to just plow you over, uh, but he's elusive for a big back too, and that's that's the scary part. Is he'll, he'll catch passes. He can do. He kind of did a little bit of that DJ Moore preseason thing at Texas. They dumped it off on a swing pass. They let the lineman come in front. Dude's weaving in and out of guys, running them over. I would be I would be thrilled if they were like, ah, he's a rookie. We got we can't have him out there. Uh we can't uh we can't put a rookie out there. They and they let Herbert and, and Foreman take, you know, ninety five percent of the touches. But I I just got a feeling that they they know they can mix Roshan in, and that's what scares me. He is the ki- type of like Montgomery guy where if you let him freelance, you let him bounce runs out. He's the type of guy who can say, yeah, I'll make that linebacker miss for you. I'll make that safety miss for you. So the run game is going to be diverse. There's going to be eye candy fields. 
adding that element to the run game makes it all the more dangerous. You're going to have to be gap sound. You can't, you know, take the cheese very often. And what they're showing you is often not what you're going to get. So yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge for the front seven, but the good news is I think the advantage at least skill set wise is with the Packers defensive line. So the, the Packers strong safety is expected to be Darnell Savage. So in theory, he's the guy who's going to be shadowing Justin Fields. What are you guys expecting, though, in terms of Quay Walker, Devondre Campbell, and their usage with those responsibilities? Yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly what we did the last time, last two times we played them and, and how that all broke down, but I, I, there absolutely almost has to be on every single play somebody keeping an eye, which does suck. And that's the reason the NFL wants to go in that direction. I mean, it, it, it cripples you. Like, like we've already said, you can't play man. Well, that, that's horrible. And on top of that, you have to play with 10 guys on defense because somebody has to spy the quarterback. And that guy probably can't catch the quarterback if he runs anyways. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, like five Micah Parsons. Right. Yeah. So, defense, basically. <laughs> So yeah, I I do think there's going to be a good amount of that. I think I, if I had to guess, and I almost think I remember this, Quay is going to be spending a good amount of time, kind of uh, watching things. So and and to be honest, that's mostly what he did last year. Anyways, he didn't really attack downhill very much. He kind of was patient and waited to see what was going to materialize. So hopefully that does help to kind of contain things. And on top of that, you just hope the defensive front just wins and does a good job of compressing the pocket and not letting them get out. That's that's the most important thing, anyways, because you start allowing these big gaps he's he's just gonna go so um yeah we got to get some quick pressure and um and 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 i do think we're gonna have probably quay watching i i hope it's not savage because i just not to just dump on the guy more than it already has been but i don't know what his role is going to be i don't really see him that certainly is not his strength like like right well that's really disciplined place it's not his strength at all if he's gonna succeed it's not gonna be doing that I would almost rather have Rudy Ford. It feels like more his thing coming, you know, coming screaming downhill. He's got a lot of speed and just making it. I mean, he's a special teamer. He's a heat seeking missile quarterback flinched. Go get him. You know, Justin Field is also humongous though. Like he's not super fun to tackle. Well, and that's also why I would prefer Ford over Savage because Savage is, you know, he's a pretty slender guy that doesn't hit very hard Ford for whatever his weaknesses may be. At least he's going to throw his whole body into it. And just try to eviscerate the guy's chest cavity, but um, no, I, I there's there's just there's not a whole lot you can do, and I'm just dreading it. And it's because <laughs> you know eventually he's going to get out and and do some damage. There's only so much you can do to mitigate a guy like that, um, and I think that's that's really is the goal. It's not to stop it; it's to to mitigate the damage and to try to make him be a quarterback because that's where he's deficient. Now, Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker both. Very athletic linebackers. Uh, neither one of them were fantastic run defenders last year. But Quay Walker, I think, is physically, he's the right guy to be on Justin Fields. Now, he's a second-year defensive player. Um, he's going to need to be very disciplined, you know, very um, locked in on what his responsibilities are. Uh, I thought he was a pretty decent tackler last year, really good tackler. If if you trust him in that role, he seems like the guy. Very speedy, ran a 4-5-2, 40 at the combine. Just athleticism for days. Obviously, there's a trust issue there, but I, I thought he played decently well last year. I really did. Um, 
I, I don't know. By the way, Jake, to your Micah Parsons point, the Bears did play the Cowboys last year, and they put up 29 points on them. Now, the Cowboys put up 49, 49. points on the Bears' <laughs> future defense. But hey, the uh, Cowboys Justin, did not have five of Micah Parsons, to be fair. So. <laughs> also, also, they didn't have a nose tackle, which they went on and drafted, which was a big deal. Because that was, I mean, hey, Packers lit them up on the ground as well. Yeah, fields fields through 151 yards and two touchdowns, and then he ran for 60 yards and a third touchdown against the Cowboys. Yeah. Cole Komet is the next guy that I think we should talk about. Again, you know, this is the the safety linebacker issue here with Cole Komet. I think Cole Komet is a an okay-ish tight end. Um, he has gotten better every year he's been in the league. So that's a, an encouraging sign for bears fans, but, uh, still, I don't think he's that great, but it does provide more stress to those safeties and linebackers who already have to be concerned about Justin Fields. I think that possibly if Cole Komet is used the right way in this game, his role running routes might be more impactful for creating scrambling opportunities for Justin Fields than what their wide receivers are doing. Yeah, I think it's, I think he's going to be a big part of play action and with, with so much zone that they're going to see having a veteran tight end, understanding where soft spots are going to uh, emerge. I think that's going to be huge. I agree. Yeah, I, I don't I just don't see the Bears like like we talked about, kind of like, you know, gonna do a lot of quick game concepts passing the football. That just doesn't seem like A what I would even I wouldn't do that. Like you know, I, I I want I want to see that. So yeah, I think it's gonna come down to you know, a lot of these, you know, intermediate crossers, right? They're gonna either you know, they're gonna talk to him about, you know, and, and everybody knows the principles like, ah, you know, zone dropping, you know, he wants you to find a soft spot. Don't just run the crosser all the way across the field. Right. Same type of thing. But yeah, I think it's it, with Komet, there's probably going to be plenty of focus on, of course, DJ Moore, because I do think it's run, 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 chuck the ball down the field off heavy play action. But I do think part of that comes from, you know, these nice little designs that obviously, you know, many teams have in the bag is, you know, commit blocking and releasing, right? Finding that kind of late release into zone as well as finding space in the crossers. I do think Quebec, like you said, can do damage and that's that's probably how he's gonna do it. It's not gonna be off of like stick concepts or anything like that. It's not none of that. It's just it it's going to come off of play action. Ryan, do you have any sort of a handle? Nate Davis, the uh presumptive right guard for the Bears, practiced on uh Friday and that's I think like the first time I've ever heard of him practicing with them and he's listed on the injury report as just personal yeah do you have do you have any handle on the heck is going on with Nate Davis and is he playing in this game I've never in my life heard of anything quite like this I I just interviewed some guys from a Bears podcast today and asked them about it and I, I asked has Nate Davis visited Chicago yet and and they said they're not entirely sure if he's been there or not. They're obviously joking, but no, I mean he he he's been away the entire time. And then the one time I did see him, he showed up to practice 
he's in his basically his his warm up clothes, just like dapping up the coach, like, hey, what's going on? He's not done anything, and he basically has just made the decision to stay away. He wants to do his own thing, and but full um, participant in practice today. Yeah, well, congratulations! It's his first time ever Huge. working with these guys. You know that you need to be working in unison and everything else. I mean that that's a disaster. That's that's a horrible situation. I mean, if if even if you're David Bakhtiari, that's not great. You need to be able to communicate with these guys. You need a couple reps to work in with these guys. He's not David Bakhtiari. I don't know why he's walking around like he's Mr. Hollywood. He is a very mediocre guard. Um, and I, I just I I don't know what the situation is. I'm glad. Uh, maybe he'll end up being something, but I doubt it's week one. And well, um the the right side of their offensive line might I'm not going to say is but it might be a mess. You got right Lucas Patrick at center who had a yep. pretty bad year last year and like we're familiar with Lucas Patrick. Nate Davis maybe or not sure who at right guard and rookie Darnell Wright at right tackle. Look, you know, hey, just cuz it's unknown and they haven't practiced together doesn't mean that they have to suck. But I wouldn't feel good about no. like the whole right side of the offensive line, which, you know, I mean, it's to your advantage that Rashawn Gary is not going to be at 100 percent. And you're probably going to see Preston Smith over on the right side, uh, you know, over on, over top of your left tackle, probably. And Kingsley and Agbar over on the left over your whatever you have on the right side. But he also got. Kenny Clark is probably going to be lined up over Nate Davis or whoever. I just, mm, I I feel like this is setting up for a situation where the Packers defensive front is just collapsing the pocket from the interior. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're pushing these guards in the center backwards all day, that is a horrible place for a quarterback right. to, to start living, even if it is Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't, I don't want to jump the gun here, but I, I really believe the Packers win this game if they win the trenches, and they should. Offensive line, defensive line, freaking dominate. There's there's no excuse for our offensive line being anything other than dominant. Jordan Love should be standing in there for eight seconds without a problem. Their defensive front is a joke, and our offensive line has been the same five guys the entire time being able to do this, and same with the defensive line. I mean, that offensive line, it's not only somewhat in shambles, and even Bears fans now who've been bragging about their offensive line are, are genuinely concerned about it. But, I mean, it, it's it's just that they, they don't have anybody. Like you said, Lucas Patrick was a disaster last year. Nate, Nate hasn't showed up all year. You got a rookie at right tackle who, again, he could be good, but that's the equivalent of saying Lucas Van Ness is all you get. I'm not feeling good about that. The guy's not ready to play yet. I mean, he, he might flash, but I, I'm not, that's not a good situation to be in. Cody Whitehair has been kind of a disaster since his rookie season. And, and Bears fans are like, well, I think he could be good at center. Well, that lasted all of five seconds until Tevin Jenkins got hurt. So, yeah, you, you got one tackle that's a fifth-round guy in his second year that kind of played kind of well. Great. He might do something. But, yeah, we, we have to dominate the trenches. If we do that, we win the game. If we don't, I just I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. They're also extremely thin. You know, you mentioned that Tevin Jenkins is out. If anything happens to Whitehair or Davis, you know who is up next? It's seventh round rookie Jatir Carter. Mm, yeah. Which which is a guy that we talked about, you know, significantly as we we're preparing for the draft, but he was very much a prospect. You know, this this is this is Caleb Jones, this is Yash Nyman. Like he could over 
several years turn into something really special. You're not expecting anything out of him in year one. Yeah. You were in a situation here. I mean, I, I, I genuinely think that if there is an injury to either of your guards, you probably are not putting Jatir Carter out there. You're probably actually shuffling some stuff around and trying to put one of your tackles on the inside. Problem is uh, you really only have, you know, three tackles. Uh, Larry Borum is the guy who would Borum, be on the yeah. field. And I mean, look, we saw what he did last year. There's a reason they drafted, uh, you know, an early tackle this year and are playing him right now. I think that's the look you're you're probably going with. You're probably putting, heck, maybe you're putting Larry Borum on the inside. You know, don't mess with the tackles because you can't trust. You know, like Darnell Wright needs to stay where he's at. He's a rookie. He's still learning what he's doing. Leave him at right tackle. You probably don't want to move your left tackle. Put Larry Borum in instead of Jutier Cardi. Jeter Carter, but still it's it, it, it. And, and that is all just talking about if you get injuries, but we, we feel pretty good about this matchup with their starters. I mean, yeah. Nate Davis is like barely a starter anyways, at this point. Well, and I, I know he's going to be on a pitch count, but I really, really, really want to see Rashawn Gary against Darnell, Wright. Just, I, I understand you think he's going to be something someday. That's great. But Rashawn Gary is a freaking craftsman, and he is an f- elite athlete, and your guy does not have any idea what he's doing. He doesn't understand what the NFL provides, and that is a heck of an introduction into the NFL. So I'm hoping he gets a decent amount of snaps just so I can see him just work that guy and just crush the spirits of Bear fans across the nation. I don't think Bears fans are braced for the defensive front that the Packers have. No. Because keep in mind, who else we got? Yeah, you got Kenny Clark. Yeah, you got Devontae Wyatt. We are geeked out of our minds right now about Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks. Dude, this is the interior to attack with those guys. Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks are pressure machines. You feel great about your options off the edge, even without Rashawn Gary. If Rashawn Gary wasn't going to play and he is going to play, we would still feel great about this matchup. Where we're at right now with Preston and Kingsley, Heck, you got Lucas Van Ness. Like, he's going to be playing at some yep. point for sure. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if the Packers' defensive line can't take over the game against this offensive line, I think that there is kind of a, a, a crisis <laughs> yeah. here of identity. You know, what? <laughs> uh, are, are we misjudging how talented we think this defensive line is? But they handled business in the preseason against, right. you know, the, the Bengals have a good offensive line. Patriots have a great offensive line. Seattle, they got a pretty decent offensive line. These guys were wrecking all game long for three straight games. Yeah. I do think the one other point uh, about right really quick. Uh, don't forget about those splits uh, with the grading, uh, pass blocking, run blocking splits at Tennessee. And at Tennessee, very rarely are they asking you to do a lot in the run game. Like their their entire offense, for the most part, when they weren't running the ball, was hey, can you pass block for five seconds? Great, excellent. Uh, that's all you need. Just just stand up, guys, who probably don't have moves in the bag yet, even mm-hmm. if it's the SEC anyway. So it's like ah, we know this guy is you know. Let's just take Alabama for example, really quick. You know, you take a guy like Dallas Turner who's explosive. Okay, well, you know, you have to set wide against him, and you know, if you're powerful enough, you're shutting him down, no problem. You know that 
Will Anderson likes to go to the bull rush and, and play off of that. You know what you're going to expect. NFL is entirely different thing. These edge rushes could do it all. You know, they're, they're putting tools in the bag yeah. that, that a lot of the SEC guys haven't done yet. And the other thing about the splits with run blocking is Tennessee ran a ton more gap plays than zone plays. Chicago runs more zone than gap. So you're going to ask a rookie who has not done a lot of reach blocking, a lot of front side, backside ceiling. He has to get around guys. He is not experienced in doing so. Now, just because he wasn't asked to do it doesn't mean he can't do it. I get that. But at the same time, there are a lot of plays on Tennessee film where Wright is just kind of throwing his body at people. Uh, he's not really trying to engage. Uh, there's a lot of balance issues in the run game that happened last year. So this zone blocking for Darnell Wright, that's what I'm very interested to see. Right? Can he seal front side on some guys? Can he reach block guys? Because I do think that's a, a very serious question because you look at that and you go, okay, well, then why did they kind of, you know, mm, that's a weird weird kind of scheme to enter him into and drafting him, you know, 10th overall. So that's just something to watch. I know he's going to, you know, they, they believe at least at some point he's going to be effective when they have these play action shot plays. They think he's going to be, you know, handle guys lose slowly as a pass protector. I get that. That's fine. I, I can get on board with him there, but you guys are a run first team. I cannot wait just to, mm -hmm. to see what happens when he's got to go up against Smith, Gary and Igbare. On the edge, you're not just going to be able to stand still unless you're gap running the entire game. If they're going to run gap runs the entire game, fine, invalidate the argument. But I, I can't imagine that's going to happen. And Darnell Wright, both in the preseason this year and in college, you know, almost exclusively a pass blocker. Yep. Which is not something you super need with Justin Fields because he doesn't like to sit in the pocket anyways. Too old for this, dropped a comment in our chat here. He said, Justin Fields makes the Bears' offensive line look much worse than it is because he runs out of clean pockets into defenders consistently. And that is true. And I thought that uh, the Bears' offensive line got a lot of unfair criticism last year. I, I thought that they were actually just not anywhere near as bad as anybody said last year. But I... I just looking at the, the current state without Tevin Jenkins, uh, with the fact that their right guard just didn't even come to camp at all, I think that it's it's a serious downgrade from what they had last yeah. year. So containing, you know, playing contain on, on Justin Fields and, and and preventing him from making the offensive line not an issue is going to be priority 1A and probably 1B as well <laughs> for the Packers uh, this week. Yeah. Prediction time. Do you guys think that there are going to be practice squad elevations this week? And if so, we got at wide receiver on the practice squad. We have Grant DuBose and Bo Melton. Any other positions? Cause I, I haven't pulled up any other positions. You want me to list off? Um, at cornerback, we have three guys in his gains, Keandre Thomas and Corey Ballantine. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, just going off the top of my head, you can make an argument for, uh, for Corey Ballantine just because of the lack of depth that we have, if that ends up being a concern. Um, and then, like you said, Bo Melton is obviously somebody to consider if you're just looking for a pure speed threat. I don't necessarily think they would do that, but 
yeah, it's that's that's a thought. I can't think of anything else necessarily. I I think you have to elevate a wide receiver though, since Dobbs is supposed to be a game time decision, and if Tay Wicks is not at one hundred percent health either, you could be looking at a situation where you only have three active wide receivers. Yeah, depending on how many of these injuries. I'm 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 thinking just Watson, but yeah, if Dobbs and Wicks are also no go. Yeah, if it's just Watson, then yeah, I mean, corner room is pretty thin. That's something where, you know, again, injuries happen. So it would it would not it would not be ideal. I get it. Anthony Johnson's played corner, but like, hold the phone. He's also like, a seventh round rookie, <laughs> right? Exactly. So <laughs> I'd rather have somebody who's had some game some in game experience uh, uh, to be there for some depth, but. Yeah, I think it's going to be corner receiver. I think they they obviously feel very comfortable <laughs> with their uh, rooms in the trenches. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's pretty much all you're going to see. I bet. I so, something I would like to do this season as we continue to do Packer derailed is score predictions each week on on this show, and I'd like to keep track of our score predictions and see who's doing the best, and we'll we'll use. Uh, you know, if you need tiebreakers, because I, I would think that most weeks we are all going to be picking the same teams to win or lose games. We can use uh, the over-unders and, and uh, spreads and stuff as, as tiebreakers. But I do need to put this to a vote with you guys. Do we have to give one score prediction for this game? Or can we give one with Romeo Dobbs and one without Romeo Dobbs? Because I just think that's such a big <laughs> I think that's gap. Fair. No, it's, sure. When you have that okay. kind of connection with love, I think that matters. Now, right, I do think I, who I, said it. I don't remember who said it in the show. Was it Mike who said it? Maybe gave the prediction uh, with and without Watson. That was, Man, Watson uh, should be MVP with that type of flip. That's wild. <laughs> I just remember seeing that at the beginning. But, yeah, that was yeah, a think, seven point flip. So the the thing that I thought was interesting about that, so he said 24-17 Packers with Watson, 17-24 without Watson. I guess it's a 14-point flip. MVP all day. Gosh. Right. I, I, about I am curious how – I'm curious how that affects the defense having Watson out because he just gave sure. an extra touchdown to the Bears. They thought he I might know. run on the field to stop Fields from scoring, get a, get a penalty, you know. Maybe Christian Watson is supposed to be out there on, uh, oh, what's it called? Onside kicks. Maybe oh. that's maybe that's it. Well, maybe. All right, I have my my two predictions written down. Jake, your predictions with and without Dobbs. I think I I do think the Dobbs, um, Dobbs is it it matters. I do think that it it. it in a game where I feel like it, it, everything in my mind is telling me that the rosters are just, they're not comparable at all. Like it, the, the fact that the bears are still favored, uh, obviously the line went down. It was, it's been two and a half basically all, all summer. Uh, it trickled up to one. It's moving to one and a half because of the Watson news. It just feels like that, that it should be something like, like 28 to 17 or 28 to 20. Uh, I do think it's going to go over. Uh, it's been down 41 and a half. I think I just, the Bears defense, I don't trust. And I, and I know the Packers 
they've they've touted the defense. I just have that. It's just weird. I, I feel like I have to see it first on defense for the Packers. Um, so with Dobbs, I will go. I will go twenty six twenty one Packers. Uh, without Dobbs, I'm gonna go twenty four twenty three Bears. So you're giving two extra points to the Bears if Dobbs can't play. I am. Ryan, core predictions. I just, similar to the whole I haven't seen it yet thing, I just struggle with putting a lot of points on this. And I know that's not necessarily a lot of points, but I just feel like it's going to be kind of a low-scoring thing. If you look at the last year, the Bears, they scored 10 and 19 against us. Um, and, and one of those was week two, so it was very early in the season. Defense really wasn't doing all that great. I, I I'm leaning 15, just kind of split the difference for the Bears. Um, not necessarily because it's an easy score to get to, but just I feel like that's kind of right in that range. For the Packers, I I I I think I'm going to put them basically. I, I I don't know. I'm not going to handicap it too much with Dobbs, but call it. Uh, 19 without Dobbs and 22 with Dobbs. We got 22-15 or 19-15. I I think that your odds of having the closest score prediction is pretty good. Your odds of hitting any of those those exact (laughs) numbers is zero. Yeah. All right, I I did uh, 24-19 with Dobbs and 20-19 without Dobbs. I'm just turning a touchdown into into a field goal there. And I just think that – I think the Bears are going to struggle to crack 20 points. I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm taking the under here. Um, Obviously, take the Packers to win it either way. you know, a, a one point win over them is not going to be the most satisfying thing in the world. Uh, but I, I will take going one and no in week yes, one. I agree. Uh, anytime. So, uh, <clears throat> and, and I, I definitely cranked my score prediction down uh, with having Christian Watson out of there. Uh, no yeah. question about it. Yeah. And, and I will say that the, the 20, the one thing for me with the whole, like, Hey, the bears, uh, uh, sorry, the, the Packers defense, you know, that, that score changing is that if the Packers offense is really struggling to put up any points and move the ball, maybe it does change the flow of the game. Maybe it changes the urgency with which the uh, Packers defense is playing. You know, maybe you got there, you know, Rashawn Gary really screaming at the guys, you know, getting their face like, Hey, you know, we have to be the ones to win the game because the offense is not showing up today. Like, I think that 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 could be a real thing, but I I also think that that's probably a factor. Just having Christian Watson out, you know, I, I'm not sure that Romeo Dobbs flip, you know moves that needle enough for me uh, to to change that score uh, for how many points I think the Bears are going to put up. All right, any uh, final thoughts from you guys? Uh, any just you know last hey you know highlight this matchup to watch anything like that in this game. Um, I, I just, I just need it to happen. <laughs> I, 
I just am ready. I, I'm I'm a yeah. weird combination of like I want this right now, and also I don't think I can handle this. And it's a weird yeah. kind of thing that I don't I don't exactly know what's going on. But what once we're in it, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're we're going to get some some good food, kick back, enjoy it with your family, and just try to remember that this the whole point of this is to have fun. Try try to remember that. <laughs> Dude, I, I have like a, a two hour delay. There's a big family thing that came up oh, that that's I can't right. get out of. Oh. So I'm going to leave my phone at home. I'm going to turn my phone off, put idea. it in my bedroom. I got to go to this thing that I cannot get out of. And no. then I'm going to come home. My wife and I are going to not touch our phones and we're going to play the DVR recording. And let me tell you, just the agony that I'm in thinking <laughs> about that weight I am dreading Sunday so much, not for the game, yeah. but for the, you know, once kickoff starts and I know that like the rest of the world is watching this They're game. Playing. Yep. <sighs> yeah. I, I start sweating every time I think about it. Like it is so <laughs> stressful to me. I, I can I can feel it like trickling down the back of my neck right now. Just <laughs> yeah. I I any other week, but like week one, the Bears. Oh, yeah, I know. Just, if it was like if it was if it was Atlanta week one, I'd be like, all right, cool, like sick. They're playing Atlanta should be fun. <laughs> Chicago, I don't like Chicago bookending the season, man. This is I right. don't like this at all. One and eighteen, I, I do like it. I don't like it for my I personal situation, but I don't like it, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, it was a smart thing to do. The schedule makers know what they're doing, uh, but I, I'm not a fan. I got I got one for you. I guys. think they're trying to juice stuff. the rivalry. Like, oh yeah, this rivalry has been like dead until yeah this year. Exactly. I think they're trying to juice it up, and they should. I think I think it's you know they've been talking about the you know oh Rogers is gone thing all off season. So yeah, it, it was a perfect way to to be like yeah look at what we're gonna fuel this all this talk. But I got one. I got one for you here. Uh, over under one and a half turnover worthy plays for Fields this Sunday. Not interceptions. I want turnover worthy plays because oh, I want oh, opportunities. Lord. Not like oh that they converted yeah, or not. <laughs> over yeah, interceptions. Over. I feel like yeah, it's over. I'm so? going over. Okay. You said one and a half, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm over. Okay. Well, uh, all right. I was already going to bring this up, but. You brought up the perfect segue for this. Did you see who, who posted this? Oh, Wendell Ferreira posted this on Twitter. It's a big, beautiful chart that he put together. How often are quarterbacks throwing to the opponent? Oh, yeah. All right. So he's he's got his chart here. It's interception rate and interception worthy rate. And you can see all by his lonesome. Worse <laughs> in every direction than any other quarterback. All right, the, the closest quarterbacks to him were Baker Mayfield and Zach Wilson, and he was significantly worse than either one of them. Yep. It's Justin Fields. Ah. I'm 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 really nervous, but it's Jake, you mentioned it not too long ago. Like everything you look at, we're significantly better. I know. Like I, I mean, I Justin Fields, like I'm terrified of like I just have this vision in my head, like Justin did get better, and these wide receivers are gonna be pretty good. But then you look at charts like that, and it's like Justin Fields is garbage. Like he's 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 the worst ever, it's just, it's and you know he's just going to be throwing up the. I mean, even in the preseason, what was he? He couldn't throw screen passes. He's throwing them in the dirt. I don't know. I I I I've got like the the logical part of my brain saying you got this in the bag, and then no. the uh, this imagination that I have is running wild. Like, dude, these bears are going to be good, and we're going to be horrible, and it's going to be terrible. Yeah. 
I just got I I got to just lock myself in a cage and I know and it's uh, yeah it's everything everything like you said tells you that Fields had 21 turnover worthy plays in 15 games that's 1.4 <laughs> per game yeah that's, there should be one at least there's going to be one you know there's going to be one yeah so the question is you know you're going to get two of them I just want that actual pick though. I mean, I, I get like the turnover worthy plays and all that, but I I, I want an actual well, like why, shove it in his face. I, I, put, I put money that's on what, him to, on him him throwing a pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I why I didn't say happens. pick because I feel like pick is going to be like point five. I think you'd have to put it at, and I just yeah, that feels too easy. So I wanted I, I that's why I wanted turnover worthy because he's got fair enough two against Green Bay in week thirteen and one against Green Bay in week two, so it perfectly splits the difference there. Real quick. Can we can we play a quick game of Would You Rather with rosters here? I just want to hit some position groups. Sure, and I'm going to do the head. This is going to give me the head heart thing the entire time. <laughs> what the heck is this? Oh, just, oh gosh! All right, if, if you are the score the whole time. All right, let's let's say that you are a a Vikings fan. All right, and so you have no attachment to either of these. Can I be a Lions fan just, instead? We got the dub last night. I can pretend that'd be fun. Yeah, this is right, our sweet. year. Yeah, okay. All right, sweet. Sick. All right, I'm already in that right. mindset. Here we go. All right, you're a you're a anonymous NFC North. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right, quarterback rooms: uh, Justin Fields and Tyson Bajan, or Jordan Love and Sean Clifford. Hot right. Packers. That's oh, yeah. Bajan. I mean, I I do like Bajan, but <laughs> yeah, I I think I lean the other way because of the you know starters and whatnot. All right, running yeah. backs. Who are you taking? Oh gosh, man! I have to pick against Roshan. That's I have to. I'm required. <laughs> Khalil, Khalil Herbert, oh, Dante man. Foreman, Roshan Johnson versus Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Emmanuel Wilson. A question: Is this? Are we talking 2023? Or are we talking like? This for... is this is this is today. You have to play the 2023 season with these players. Oh, okay. Packers. I would I would say Packers. I I I will say. Not to not to give any Bears fans any you know <laughs> excitement or anything. I I like the running back room. I I like it. No, I I do too. Herbert I, I, I was Herbert actually shocked. Is, I, I picked like up it. Herbert because I was shocked how far in the fantasy draft he went. I'm like, are, this is the number one running back on the number one rushing team, and he's still no, available. Number two running back. Number two. I all right. Fine. Fair Throw enough. some respect fair on Justin Fields' name. Fair enough. Jeez. I understand. You're right. Wide receiver. RB one is opening up opportunities for RB two though. So. Wide receiver, which which room are you taking for the 2023 season? <laughs> One of them has Claypool in it. It's Packers. Come on, <laughs> don't 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 forget too that no, uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs banged up right now. Watson yeah, already care. ruled out. Don't care. <laughs> One of them has Claypool in it. It's not that one. <laughs> it's not that one. Sorry. Can't do it. For the for the 2023 season, and with the handicap of I've already got Christian Watson ruled out for Week One. I, I will give the nod. Season, but if it's for the 2023 season, if it's for week one, then yeah, we also, I get we what also you're got saying. Touré. Like they got Chase Claypool. We got Tamar Touré. Hey, Claypool, man. <laughs> Funniest right, trade Ryan, ever. Ryan, uh, tiebreaker. Um, I, man, I don't like this game because I don't ever want to say Bears anything. Um, you might have to say Bears for the Malik Heath ran if it happens, right? Because Malik Heath <laughs> is nobody, right? If he goes off, oh, yeah. that's true. So yeah, you, you might have to lean. You might have to lean into that bit a little bit here. I just, I, don't, I, I just have a hard time with DJ Moore being 
I mean, I, I can't make a case for anybody outside of Christian Watson taking DJ Moore. Outside of that, it's right. it's a question mark, but it's a question mark for us too. And if you know Darnell Mooney was pretty solid two years ago, I, I don't. Not terrible. He's he's not he's terrible. Not, but I think he he struggled last year, but then there was the injuries and whatnot. I I don't know. I I, I would probably, if I'm being honest, have to say Bears, assuming Watson is out until until further yeah, evaluation for, of what we have. If it's for week one, then yeah, yeah. But if it's full season, like yeah. I assume Watson will be back at some point, and one of them's got Claypool on it once again, just to keep the bit going because it's really good. I I like they got Valus though. <laughs> oh man, is Valus is older than Adam Thielen, right? <laughs> I think so. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, same draft class, twenty twelve. We're skipping offensive line. That's that's a dub right there. No, no, do second team versus. Uh, okay, actually. <laughs> That actually kind of sounds like fun. That's, that's actually because the the entire Bears second string is just Jatir Carter and Larry Borum. Right. So Bears first string, Packers Dan second Feeney. string. Who's better? Bears first string. I would probably for one game. I might so go with Packers second string. We got it's Yash and Rashid at tackle. I think you feel fine about that for one game. Sean Ryan, Royce Newman, which oh, isn't anybody's Ooh. favorite. Well, then you don't have a backup center because that's the, the problem is you can't well, play John Runyon, Elton Jenkins, or Zach Tom at center because they all played for you for your uh, first string. Well, I think you so can put. In, I think you can put Runyon there if if Tom is indeed. That's the true. Center. Let's just say backup. He's a back, he's our backup center. We'll, I think we'll you cheat have and put to. Runyon in I there. I think you have to kind of cheat there. It's close. <laughs> I'm not sure. For I one think I game, like our, I might. I think I like Packers. our tackles better. Yeah, tackles. I agree. Um, that's a. T- I tough. don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're talking Very Cody tough. Whitehair, Lucas. I mean, Lucas Patrick was our backup, and we right. upgraded from him. Right. So you got. We'd have a better Cody center. Whitehair, Lucas Patrick, and then Jatir Carter. No, sorry, uh, Nate Davis. Allegedly, if he shows up, yep. Is he going to wake up in Illinois on Sunday morning? That's the question. Not sure. (laughs) Or is he going to have to drive to Illinois from wherever he's staying? I don't know. That's all right. That's a tough defensive line. Anybody feels like it feels like you have to go to the second string to make it interesting, (laughs) right? This is a stupid question. I genuinely think you have to do it again. Which is again yeah. this whole like on paper the trenches aren't close. It shouldn't so be at all. I'm I'm, I'm I'm your starters are Yannick Ngakwe and Demarcus Walker is, at edge, Andrew I, Billings and so Justin easy. Jones on the inside. It's the Packers second it's string pack, versus Packers second string that dominates what the is. Bears starters. It's, it's easily not close. The Packers second string. Because you're you're, thing, you're looking at Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks, right? And Van Ness and probably Kingsley Van Ness and Inigbare. And Van Ness, kind of like that. And heck, you know what? You know what? If yeah. one of those guys is like performing, that. pull like them that. and put Justin Hollins yeah. or Brenton Cox still, in there. I'm still fucking with it. I like that. <laughs> I like it. Oh, can we get a front one time this year? Inigbare, Van Ness, Brooks Wooden. That sounds fun. That would be fun. Maybe, yeah. It'll happen. Maybe when we're up like, you know, 24 on like Carolina late in the season, they could throw They've got those rotations going. One of those times that'll be a thing. That'll be sick. Um, I I will say 
it's very funny that Ngakwe is a starter for Chicago when the whole idea of the 4-3 is to make sure you have defensive ends who can defend the run. <laughs> He's um, the worst. That's ever. hilarious. That's hilarious <laughs> to me. Because they were like, well, Gibson just doesn't fit, man. He just doesn't run, you know, defend the run as well. They were talking like Gibson versus Khalid oh, Kareem. And they were like, oh, Kareem defends the run better. Like he's more multiple. Oh, yeah, but we're going to try on Ngakwe to start on the edge, by the way. Uh, so that's we didn't okay. even talk about, about the Jordan Love run threat. Yeah. We didn't. I mean, what, what the heck are the Bears going to do? Like it's all linebackers. It's going to be all linebackers trying to stop that. Yeah. Well, Tremaine's pretty fast. I'll give that to him. I'm also. It's funny that Tremaine's, Tremaine's busy with muscular linebacker. Yeah, that's the thing. So, if we, if we were fully healthy, I don't know how this defense even slows us down. No, nope. it's a it's a it's a terrible Again, defense. It the really paper, is. On paper, it just doesn't look good. I get that they got safeties and linebackers. Congrats, but this they is do. this is not a sustainable situation when. The most important aspect, your defensive front and your corners are not any good. That's your your sunk. Yeah. So I, I think we would take Bears safeties, yeah. Packers corners, but linebacker is to to an outsider, all right, a Viking or Lions fan. They would say Bears. Probably Bears. Yeah. It's a lot then, closer than which, anybody would give it credit for. Yeah. It's like TJ Edwards. He's solid. I, I'm kind of surprised he's not listed as the mic. I feel like he knows he's the better processor, knows what's going on while Edmonds falls for the eye candy. He should probably be the weak side guy, to be honest. It's not how they list him. Yeah. Yeah. If it's that scenario, if that's how they're setting things up, then I like Green Bay set up better. Uh, but from a pure player perspective, it's probably based on, yeah, it's probably Chicago. Jordan Love as a runner. How many yards? And, you know, I don't know how many times does he find the end zone on a two point conversion on a touchdown? You know, where, what, running? what number just are you running on that? Yeah. Just, just as, as a runner. How many yards? Um, 22, 22 yards, 22 touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> no, 22, two point conversions. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yes or no. Does. Jordan Love find the end zone at any point, either on a touchdown or a two point conversion as a ball carrier. No. Or a receiver. Receiver. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Week one, I would guess no. In the season, yes, at some point. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, we are at an hour and a half, so I think we should wrap this up. <laughs> There's Guys, still people was... here, believe it or not. <laughs> Granted, 10% is... of the people that are here are Allison still talking about uh, Aaron Rodgers being I with the Jets. I don't I cracked up like, okay, 45 <laughs> minutes ago or so. I think Mike was the one who had the, hey, yeah, Allison, he, passed yeah, the wrong comment. That was, <laughs> yes, yes. Allison, I I just want to thank you for helping us stay on brand with Packernet derailed because it's very yeah, true. We were it very wouldn't much have been in way off the rails. staying on rails. Yeah. yeah, it was way too way too organized tonight. Please thank please come back you here. We enjoyed yeah. having you. I don't know what you're talking about, but just keep talking about it. We'll like be here. No, if the Packers win, please come back. If the Bears win, <laughs> yeah. don't ever want to hear you'll be banned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right. All right a number of comments till, till block. That'll be the, the derailed portion <laughs> next week if the Bears win. So there you go. Uh, I, I have to, before I turn my phone off and leave it at home, I got to put something on Twitter where I've been running my mouth all summer, like specifying, hey, listen, if yeah. if the Packers do lose, like I'm going to come, I'm going to come and, you know, eat crow. I'm not avoiding Bears fans for, the, yeah. you know, during the game. I just not on my phone. So yeah. they're going to blast me if, if the Packers don't. It's a good day to be off Twitter until the true. game's over. That's true. <laughs> just stay Depending off. on the result, I guess. You can come back on when it's <laughs> over. If we, if we lose, I probably am not going to turn Twitter on until the next day. Nah. Oh, boy. I, I'll probably wait till like I Wednesday know. or Thursday. <laughs> I'll just pretend I didn't see it. Start just posting stuff about Texas and Bama. <laughs> yeah, That's right. all I'll do. I'll be like, hey, <laughs> see that game last night. That was pretty sick. Freaking Brewers, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Jeez. But uh, if we win, I'm going to be up till 2 a.m. scrolling yes. through yeah. just the absolute butt hurt. The yeah. the just blasting by Chicago fans and sports radio in Chicago. I mean, they this city is going to be crumbled to its knees if they don't beat the Packers, especially considering how shorthanded the Packers are. I mean, they got they're trotting out nobody. Yeah, remember. Yeah, it's true. He wears uh, what, what number does he wear again? <laughs> Too old for this. Has one final cut or uh, comment yeah, to uh, nice. to take us out. And man, idea. it is just on brand. On brand. Yep. I just post all my hot takes on MySpace. Nobody bothers me there. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for us today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at JJ Leahy, at Pack underscore Daddy, and at Jake NFL Draft to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. Make sure you're subscribed to Packernet on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go.